Okay, we are live again. All right, Satan thought he had us, but we got away. Okay, me and my microphone. Um, but um, I think we were at <laughs> Tam. Don't do that to me. I think we were at the point where um, Vernie, you had heard me mention about um, when it comes to healing, um, what that preparation looks like. Or we get past that. I don't remember that part. We didn't really hear you. Like, we heard none of it. Okay. So, what I was saying was, all right, let me go back into my foolishness. <laughs> Devil thought he had me, but we got away. Okay. Come on now. It's a, it's a Okay. All right. So, any. <laughs> So anyway, uh, what we were talking about wait, till talking I, about, wait till I come over. I'm finding that mic and I'm taking it. I'm here. I this actually want one. Like I'm here for it. Oh my god. Listen, gosh. they only ten dollars. They at your DBs, they at your Ross. That that nine ninety nine says, listen, okay. You done messed up. My friend's gonna be sick of me. <laughs> 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 no, before you came on earlier, I had told the people I said, Me and Vernie, we just like we click, we're like kindred we spirits. Do. We just click. Um, and I took this microphone to my birthday dinner at a restaurant, and I mean, I showed out that is my energy. But the okay. bad part is, everybody was like, Oh my gosh, who gave a mic? Next thing you know, everybody had the mic in their hand. Of course, everybody, every, everybody wants to be like the extra one in the group. Let's can we just be honest. People be mad, but they really wish they could. Amen. See, see what I'm saying? You understand? Oh you get it? I know. <laughs> you, I'm, my birthday just passed too, and like I'm like, yo, like why didn't I have a microphone? But the way I was all over the place at that restaurant, yeah. <laughs> you gonna see me? You gonna hear me? <laughs> Authentically, I'm going to have to mail you a microphone. Okay? <laughs> but yeah, so we were talking, um, I think we had moved past the now feedback. I think we had moved past the part of um, just the spiritual part about it and how how you would, how do you handle the therapy and Jesus. Like we say it all the time, but I think a lot of people feel like they need either or. Mm. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I honestly and truly don't get it. And and I think it could be because of my spiritual upbringing, but if God, and I, I touched on this when right before, you know, we had technical issues, but um, the, to sum it up, if God is who he says that he is, why would we why would he be um offended by therapy right mm. like is god insecure is he is he small minded right. did he not create resources for us no like why is it that you go when you're thirsty you don't pray for god to make it rain you don't hit rocks like they like moses did in the Bible, you go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. When when you when you start to get a fever and your throat be like, and you get that little thing in your throat, and your your you know it hurt a little bit, like you know you you don't you don't pray just for it to go away. And I do. Don't get me wrong, I be like Lord, in the name of Jesus, you know I can't afford it. Right. 
But should systems per- symptoms persist, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the doctor. Right. And nobody's going to shame me for it. Nobody's going to care. I, I want to know, to be honest, I want to know why therapy and medical attention are not seen as one of the, the same. same thing. Well, I think because some people feel as though that they need Jesus to have full credit without needing an intercessor. <laughs> like, like I've heard, like recently, even with the whole COVID nineteen thing, a lot of people were saying like they didn't believe in getting a vaccine because they didn't believe in the medication that if they were to get sick and I know old school, like my grandparents and things like that, they didn't believe like my, you know, some people had cancer and different things like that. And they just was like, I'm not going to, if Jesus, if I'm supposed to be healed, God is going to heal me. And in my mindset, I'm like, or maybe he gifted people with healing to help them help you instead of you just saying like no if god didn't do it but you know back to your your um story earlier sam he sent someone to help you but you call it demonic Mm -hmm. and and to me it's like you're picking and choosing what god put down here for you (laughs) like you you have the nerve to say how do you know that's not what he wants you to have. Mm-hmm. And it just, it baffles me how a therapist is technically, you know, they're of a, a doctor. Mm-hmm. And you pick and choose which type of doctor you want to use. We're not actually to go to somebody that's practicing witchcraft. Thank you. And I was going to say that too. <laughs> we, you know, we're not asking for somebody to make you do sacrifices. Right. Like as far as like killing one of your, your firstborn child to get better, you're literally going to someone to talk about what you've been through. And if you can do it with your pastor who may or may not be skilled in that area, who may or may not need a therapist themselves, mm-hmm. why is it not okay to go to a person who went to school right. specifically for this? And this sometimes can be people who are in higher places like you know, there are people in the church that are that went to school to become what they are today and want people to come to them for what they have been, you know, now a professional in. But right. you won't do the same for this person who went to school to become someone to help you heal. It just it, people I, in the thought process. <laughs> I, I actually and this is a thought I had while you were talking, Tam. I wonder if the reason why people struggle with this is because, one, they don't think that mental illness or mental health overall, because you don't have to be mentally ill, but you may have mental health issues or whatever, right? Your mental health may not be in the best state. Um, I, I wonder if, one, people don't think that mental health is real, if it's significant enough, and so they feel like, why should I do anything about it? Um, and two, if they actually, even if they think that mental health is a real thing that they need to manage, if they actually don't believe that God can heal them. And so they're going to through methods that like, oh, well, I'm just going to pray. Or I'm just going to wait or I'm just going to whatever. And yes, prayer works. Uh, prayer does work and, and intercession and things like that works. But I think that we're so used to not seeing the product of, of things changing that we're OK with continuing the same methods because we deep inside don't believe that God actually will heal us. And so we mm-hmm. don't do anything. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. 
we don't maybe we don't actually believe that God can do it or that God or that there is a way where we can be mentally free. Sometimes yeah. many of us and and this is uh, I'm trying not to get on my soapbox about this, but I think many of us think that our life as Christians is meant for suffering. And so we see that that suffering that mental health suffering as part of our walk with god when you can actually experience freedom see the thing is it says by his stripes we are healed right and, and healing is not limited to physical yeah because why would he just die for our physical healing that's but, not a holistic god but the other thing about it is and I, I have this conversation with one of my friends all the time that you know <laughs> When you go to, you know, a lot of times when you go to the black church, you know, it's you're coming out of this, you did it, and it's like, but there's more to it because everybody is not always in, you know, something. And I think that when it comes to sometimes when it comes to religion, it's if you're always in something or if you're always in something traumatic, then it, it gives somebody to continue to preach about, you know, and it's something to now you say. It's something to prey on the weakness of people. And I, I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to be honest. One time I was listening to a message, and I was, like, in a place in my life where, you know, things are good. Like, it, I, I had no, like, really complaints. But the message that was um, was being preached, I tried to fit myself into it. So in my mind, I was creating something that was not really existing in my life just so that I can feel emotional about what's happening. Yeah. And what I have learned in my years of church is that every message is not for you. Mm -hmm. this, this Sunday message may not be for me. Maybe I'm here for the praise and worship this week. You know what I mean? Like that this particular word that, that the, now, cause I get my own words on the week to myself cause I read my Bibles, but <laughs> but what the preacher is preaching at this moment may be for somebody else and learning to be okay with that. And I think that we have not, we, we love the struggle so much that we don't know what it is like to just be happy. Like yeah. what it's like to be okay. Some yeah. people are scared. Some people are scared to be genuinely happy. People don't know who they, some people don't know who they are outside of their woundedness. <laughs> It's benefited them to have that story of struggle and strife. This right. is why, you know, we we think that people are be think that they're better than us just because they've healed. Why are you not in the same struggle boat as me? And, and this is also why religion continues in America, at least the way that it's been persistent, especially in the black church. It's all about the struggle. See, yes, every sermon isn't about me, but also why isn't there a Sunday where we just learn how where we just uh, exegete the text like why where, where is the sunday where we where we dive into the deeper things of the word and learn about the significance of um something that jesus said or just the the you know uh sermon on the mount like why is it that every sunday we're catering to a different struggle this right. is now making not god but our struggles the center of our spiritual lives and that's why we're so confused. That's why we don't know, we don't want to access healing or we don't know the power of healing and, and that we can experience freedom because we think, I was reading a book, I'm going to stop talking, but in this book, they were talking about how, um, you know, just how the, the struggles in the black church. And she said, we have adopted this mentality that 
I must suffer instead of the reality that I will suffer. I must says that if I'm not in suffering, then then I'm no I'm not in, in line with Christ. Mm-hmm. I will suffer just means that it's a reality of the of a fallen world. I will suffer. There will be times where I suffer, but I'm I don't have to, and there are not times where I always will. There are seasons of goodness, right? There are seasons um of, of laughter and joy. And sometimes those are big seasons, those are long seasons, right. those are long stretches of time. It's okay to be okay, but you have to recognize that okay is a possibility for you and that God hasn't called you to just be an instrument of suffering. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I also wanted to say that some people it's a, an attention thing. Oh, 100%. It's, it's, it's not that you really want healing. It's not even really that you're struggling. You just need attention. You know, yeah. and as long as you're going through something, and I call these project people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're projects. You know, like, they need you 100% around the clock. You know, it's they're always in another situation, you know, it's always everybody is against them. them. Yeah. You know, and and they never, you know, back to the, the accountability piece, you know, and even with dealing with anxiety and stress and different things like that, because I have dealt with anxiety and stuff like that. But I had to realize, like, I have full control over my anxiety. Mm. I have full control in order to tell it, like, I'm not giving in to you. You want me to fall apart, but I'm not, you know, like I'm not falling apart and that's okay. And And using coping skills. Yeah. Those are my coping skills. Like, you know, I am understanding this situation. I'm understanding my triggers and I'm, and I'm okay to say, you know, I'm going to take a breather, you know, because I'm feeling a little overwhelmed, but what I'm not going to do is say, oh, because I have anxiety, that that's going to be my justification for me to fall apart. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Just because I'm dealing with something that could allow me to be depressed. I'm not going to allow it to overtake me. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes people have to learn to have certain coping skills. But the other part about it is by enabling people who just need attention. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think everybody knows how to do that, though. Some people, you know me, I ain't for giving nobody attention. So if I see <laughs> if I see the person doing that, I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk the other way because I'm not about to. It's, it's, it's stressful sometimes to be the person giving the other person this unnecessary attention. Mm-hmm. Um, Exhausting. Yeah. And I, you know, I've been there, done that with friends, and it's it brings you down because then you take on mm-hmm. their issues yeah. when it's not really an issue. <laughs> so that's also the problem. Like you start, you know, you trying to help and now you take it on something that's making it worse for you. So yeah, I, I can't, I, oh goodness. Mm, that's I remember one time somebody had said to me, they was like, Kristen, can you pray for me? And I'm like, no, I'm not wasting my breath. And the reason, <laughs> and the reason why I said it, <laughs> I'm not wasting my breath because you don't want help. You don't yes. want it. You don't want help. You know. Now what tell mean? the truth. So my thing is, and Tam, no, it's but so many times you're going to come to me with the same thing, mm-hmm. with the same thing, with the same. Like I have my own situation, and I think that this is why a lot of pastors are exhausted, worn out, and stressed because they are trying to keep everybody off the ledge. Uh, you know, keep keep everybody off of the ledge, not realizing these people just want your attention. Yeah, they don't want to do anything. You know, pretty much like for themselves to help themselves 
to get in a better place and you feel like, oh, I'm failing as a, as a pastor because I don't respond 12 o'clock mm-hmm. at night. I'm failing, you know, as an elder because I, I don't answer the phone every time they call. No, I have a family as, as well. Don't call me 12 o'clock at midnight, you know, like if it's not a dying emergency, you know, right. call me tomorrow. I have a family as well. And I think that that goes into boundaries. That's a whole nother conversation. It is. I was about to say that. <laughs> it, it is. But I'm going to say this too, though. We're also not. And and trust me, like I've been in leadership in churches and things like that. I have a heart for pastors. They do a lot. But I will say that this is also a result of not raising a church that is self-sufficient or not self-sufficient, but that that is uh, God sufficient on their own. Mm-hmm. Right. That like we have centered and as a culture, yes. we have centered church and pastors as as like the 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 middle of our spiritual lives. So really? yeah, they're gonna come to you at midnight because yeah. you didn't teach them how to feed themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? You you didn't teach them, you didn't teach them how to fish. See, Jesus made fishers of men and then yes. he went on back to glory, right? Yeah. He went on to heaven and taught people how to fish. You're giving people fish. Mm-hmm. And and so well, when they're hungry again, they're gonna come back to you. But so, I posted that this week, I was basically saying like we have made idols out of these leaders and pastors. And so now we cannot survive. Like we don't know God's voice. We just know the influence of our pastors and leaders. Yes. We, we don't have a, re- and that's also what's I- profitable. If you're dependent on yeah. me, you'll, you'll keep paying. Come back. You're right. Exactly. And it's so that's a whole enough conversation, and it's and, it, and it's an interweaving thing, right? Because you also are an adult. You need to take responsible for your spiritual maturity. You do, yeah. but also yeah. it works together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So this was a outside of the hangups. You know, we're gonna have to definitely <laughs> do this again because the Wi-Fi was definitely janky. Thank you for coming on, Vernique. But before we leave, we do something that's called Women's Law. And this is something that we are creating. It's like a women's Bible, whatever the case may be. And it's something that we put in every week, something that we think that women should definitely live by. It could be a token um, of just something to remember, self-care, whatever it is. Um, and so we do something every week. So I'm going to go to Tam first with her women's law. Women's law. <laughs> and then to give, give you time. And then you can give us um, what your women's love would be and then we're going to make sure that people follow you on everything because you you definitely give some dope things on your page as well as authentically wed you know so tam what is your women's law for the week see one thing i know about my friend is i know my friend and i knew she was gonna come to me first so i've been prepared since yesterday yesterday my law for today so much that I posted it on my Instagram. So I'm about to read it. (laughs) Come on now, preparation. Because when I wrote it yesterday, um, I was like, oh, this will be good. And then, you know, Chrissy was like, we're going to have somebody. I was like, this is what I'm going to say because I already know what she's going to do. But a little backstory on where I got it from. Um, So one of our... um, fellow Mervolians and you know one of our friends Makia who um has a photography studio um be be uniquely framed I think it is um 
she is doing a challenge and it's a self-care challenge. It's a selfie challenge. Um, and so each day for the month of July, you have to post a picture. It doesn't necessarily have to be of yourself, but it has to be a, a creative picture. And, you know, for the most part, everybody have put an explanation on, you know, with their pictures of why they are posting those pictures for that specific topic. So yesterday, oh, speaking of that, I got to do mine for today. Yesterday, it was um, for day 11, it was what strength looks like to you. And I found, I was like, I don't want to do, because the first thing I thought was like, I'm going to do my mother. But then I was like, that's, I feel like everybody would do that, that, you know, has a mother that they love and, you know, cherish, or they'll do themselves if they're a mother, because we know for the most part, mothers do have a lot of strength or they'll do a man, you know? So I was like, let me think of something. So I saw this, which it says, I don't know if you can see it, but it, it was a photo and it says how we heavy on the self-love. Mm -hmm. And so I said, um, in this day and age, strength has taken a whole new meaning for me. Learning to love yourself through all of your trauma that you've been through, taking care of yourself externally and internally, and sometimes putting yourself before others, especially as a mother, um, it can be so hard to do so. But it takes a different type of strength to just take care of yourself. And, you know, that spoke to me because as a mother and as a friend, I put everyone before me a lot of times because I'm a natural helper. I will put my stuff to the side to bring everybody else up. And then, you know, luckily I don't have anybody around me that's going to push me down. But now it's like everybody's accomplished what they want to do. And then I'm still trying to figure mine out. And so, and that's with the kids, that's with, you know, siblings, everybody. So for me, I was like, oh, this, this is a good one right here because at some point I have to be selfish mm -hmm. and be like, no, I'm not helping you. I'm not helping you. I got to do something for myself and it's going to push some of y'all on the back burner, but I got to do this for me to make me feel good and to be happy. Mm, that's good, Frank. Brandy, what's your what's your woman's law? Hmm. So I really liked yours, Tam. Um I was actually listening to her, Chris. Oh like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So what I have right now um is and so this is essentially something that like you're living by for the week. Mm -hmm. Right? Or like or and life, it's just anything to any advice to give anyone a woman in life, anything, yeah, yeah. Um, so I love what you said. I'm going to say I posted like a couple weeks, maybe last week, um, about something similar that you said, but the opposite, but still the same. Okay, so roll with me. I agree with you. I'm gonna just say it kind of different, right? Um, so I have decided I, I made this video on TikTok like. Um, I'm no longer a giver. I'm not a giver. I'm a receiver now. Mm. I, I'm hanging up my giver hat, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not because I'm afraid to give or that that I won't give. It's that I am making room to receive more. Mm, because brilliant. a lot of times I've, I'm finding with my clients and with myself that our giving is not really that we want to give. It's that we don't ever we don't know what it was like to receive. And so we're learn we have learned to find our purpose and out like and and feel good about giving um, while not realizing that we're actually being neglected. I wow. also said um, in the uh, 
in the live that I did on Facebook that like I no longer like I'm good on being strong. I quit. I'm not being strong no more. That's not a word that we're going to use to define me anymore. Um, I'm actually soft. I actually, <laughs> I'm real soft, bro. Like, listen, ah, like, don't, don't, I'll cry if you say yeah. no at this point. And like, and, and to be honest, I'm learning to cry more. I'm learning to be, to be weaker. For one, biblically, in his weakness, in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Why am I missing out on the strength of God? Because I want to be strong. Wow. What's the point? And we love to glorify like, oh, you know, I went through that and it made me stronger. Mm, I'm tired of going through things that don't kill me, but make me stronger. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, like I want to go through things and 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 I go through them because God is good. And it's strength. It's sure it strengthens my character. Um, But I'm not going to build a life on my trauma. I'm not going to build a life on this strength. And so I personally, in my dating life, in my life with myself day to day, I am learning to be a receiver and to be weak and, and not weak, like, you know, mentally or just acting mm -hmm. capable. But sometimes, yeah, you know what? Yep. I'm going to act like I can't open that bottle sometimes. I'm going to practice, <laughs> I'm going to practice being dainty and Listen. something that needs to be taken care of because, honey, this right here is glass. It's hard glass. I could throw it against the wall and nothing will happen, right? But if I had something else, if I had uh, some some a, a piece of china, a china teacup, I wouldn't dare. I want to stop being seen as this. Mm. I want to stop being seen as this. I want you to see me as something that can break if you hurt me, if you something don't treat delicate. me well. Yes. Right? I want you to see me as something precious, as something mm -hmm. timeless, as something that needs to be cared for. We need, I want to stop showing up as strong because then people are going to think that you can carry more than you can. Right. And my yes. weight may go up, but so will these, this shoulder pain. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that I don't feel loved and cared for. So yeah, I'm being, um, I'm practicing how to be less strong and, and receive. That's my woman's life. I love it. I think I'm, a, I'm a, I think I'm gonna do that as well. Like yeah, and it's hard. <laughs> It's hard. People talk about the whole soft life movement. Soft life movement is not for the weak. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> you gotta practice that thing. Like, do you know how often now, like I gotta stop myself from talking myself out of opening the door if a man is behind me, even if it's a stranger. I'm gonna let you serve me, bro. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna let people serve me. I'm going to allow I told my one of my clients, like, let people go out of their way for you, man. Like, what are you doing? And so it's I'm, I'm allowing you know what that feels like. Cause you go out, don't you go out of your way for people, Tam? Yeah, it's about time somebody went out their way for you, ain't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and and you know what's funny? Like sometimes people have been the strong person for so long, they don't know what it is to be taken care of or to be watched out for. So they, you know, I I even like the little things like you said, like a man holding the door. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, I even put on my girl, it was, thank you. <laughs> Give a little smile, like, thank you. Like, you need help with your bags? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is the mother in me, I got all of them. Like, I'll carry every, I'm making one trip and one trip only. But it's like, you need help? Yes. Matter of fact, I sure do. all of them. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and you better walk to that car with your head up and your chest up high, <laughs> uh, you know, pop the trunk and let him sit it in there. <laughs> I'm here for it. And I'm, I'm here for it. And it is funny because um, 
I, I used to always say that um, I wanted to be a flower. Like I was like, I'm tired of. Um, <laughs> I was, yes, like, this million I times. I said I oh I I used to tell um when I was single I used to always be like I just want to be in a relationship where I could be a flower. Like I'm tired of you know doing things you know like both of you ladies said and feeling like I have to be strong because then mm -hmm. it's like well I don't have to help you with this because you know how to do it. Yeah. So like, I'm gonna be a delicate flower. I just yeah. I don't and I think because. In other areas of my life, you know, I'm a leader. You know, in other areas of my life, I have to show up as the aggressive person as this. I want to be in my relationship a flower. Yes. And I want you, I want to be safe enough to be the flower. Yeah. But then I also have to teach myself how to be the flower because it's so easy to, especially like, you know, you know, men, they do stuff when whenever they want to. So it's like you ask them to do something and they don't do it. So you just get up and I'm just going to do, you know, I'm just going to mm -hmm. do it myself. But teaching myself, you know what? I'm going to let that sit there until he get it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. You're, yeah. you're not the answer anymore. Yep. And I'm, I'm going to learn how to be a little bit more, you know, quiet sometimes. But, you know, it's, it's hard for us women, you know. Cause it, it's a trust thing. And it, and yeah. it just takes time, right? And it doesn't yeah. mean that what you have to say is no longer valuable. It's just that, you know what, I am putting the responsibility on to I'm outsourcing yeah. the need to, to uh, have I'm an opinion out. about this or to speak. Yeah, like, it, it's okay. And one other thing that I want to say, too, in connection to that is um, I also – I was talking to a client, I ended up making a post about it, that like the only definitions of good women or good black women are the ones wrapped up in how much struggle they go through. Mm -hmm. And that shit's sad in us. Oh, she's a good woman. Oh, really? Well, well, what about her? What's good about her? Oh, she worked two jobs. She take care of her kids. She take care of her mama. Uh, you know, she be cooking. She'll work a whole day shift. She'll come home and cook. And that's like, that's what's admirable. Nobody says that a woman who, you know, self-cares is a good woman. Right, a woman who has boundaries is a good one. Or when they, when you see, when you do see black men celebrate a woman that he's taking care of and different things like that, and I, I'm just saying it's just because, like, mm -hmm. you know, like a Russell Wilson or something like that. Like when you see a black man that's taking care of his woman, it's like, oh, they he hate it. Yeah, they hate. It's like anything to see sometimes black women being taken care of properly, it causes ruffles. Yeah. But, that's a whole nother conversation. It is. <laughs> a whole nother podcast. Well, we got a list of whole uh, other conversations right. we got to have. I'm going to give my law. And my law. Okay. <laughs> I heard you click it. That's the, I heard it click on. Right, come on now. My law is don't panic. Mm. My laws don't panic. One of the things that my grandfather taught me is that if something happens and you panic, you're not thinking. Mm. And you cannot get yourself out of a situation if you're not thinking. And that has been my go-to. Um, one of the major things that I do is I do stage plays. Mm -hmm. And everything mm -hmm. that could go wrong <laughs> the day of those shows sometimes could go wrong. Oh, and yeah. it's a lot of, you know, most of my shows, it's more, it's over 500 people there. So in my mind, nothing can go wrong with 500 or more people in the audience. But when things are falling apart, sometimes I don't have the time to panic 
because I have to go into what I need to do. I have to go into my creative mode of, okay, the mic is not working. Okay, well, put this mic in here to get this going on. And I have used that in my life that when things are falling apart, not to panic. Mm-hmm. And um, and so when you don't panic, you, you allow yourself to one, to see that the situation is not as big as you think it mm-hmm. is. And you're able to come up with a strategy to get yourself out of it. And then once you finish, then you can process what has happened. But by then, it hasn't overtaken you. Yeah, so that's don't good. Okay. So, <laughs> but that's that good. is our show for tonight. Thank you, Randy. I you, you definitely have to come back because tonight Wi-Fi didn't allow us to be outside. Yes, <laughs> authentic selves but um tell us where we can find you on social media yes i am at vernique esther my name pretty much everywhere if you want to join the facebook group it's at authentically same way it's spelled as the ladies wed w-e-d authentically wed we are a community of christians who are dedicated to um <clears throat> building healthy and authentic relationships from a biblical perspective. We be cutting up in there though. It's it's I love it. we have a good time. I love it. I have so many screenshots in my phone from that group. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you, even in my dating life, I literally it one of those week Wednesdays that it was like somebody, I'm not sure if it was you or somebody else, had posted a whole bunch of questions. I screenshotted them and I was like, we're gonna have this is like I'll call it conversation. Yes. I, yes. I use that group for everything. Yeah. I love no, it. Yeah. So what so one of the things, Renee, me and Tam, and it's another one of our friends, we have this thing called Marco Polo. And mm-hmm. we do like video texting to each other every day. And it's uh-huh. building our friendship. And in it, we also do question of the day. And so every day we come in this group chat with each other and we have a question of the day and we talk and discuss things and it helps us in our romantic relationships and it also helps us in our friendship relationships. But sometimes, like Tam said, we'll see something from Authentically Wed and we'll be like, hey, did y'all see this? Like, it becomes a conversation. (laughs) And so we have, like, I've gotten other people, because I think I showed Tam about Authentically Wed. Yeah, you put me in it, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely dope. So those who are watching, make sure that you go follow Authentic Wed. It's it's definitely a a great um, thing. And I love that it's real. Like, authentic is the thing. Like, it's very real, transparent. And yeah. I, what I do appreciate is that it's not a bias, you know, like some things become, become, you know, woman bias or male bias. And then there's mm-hmm. no like solution based. Mm-hmm. I'm all about solution based mm-hmm. and learning how to bridge the grip. So I definitely love that about authentic ways. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay. So till next, <laughs> next week, we have a great show too. We have, um, some of the fellas coming on and those who are watching, you can definitely go to authentically her page to get more information about our thrifting boutique, as well as about our upcoming show um, in November. Thank y'all for sticking out with us. Cause it was just raggedy with this Wi-Fi. Okay. But, <laughs> but we, we thank you. And again, thank you, um, Bernie for um, coming on the show with us. All right. Thank you ladies. Y'all have a good night. You too.